because I don't know about you, but I think it's really unfair that this content is available for free on a platform anyone can access instead of on other platform that is um, not this one. Don't how you? How dare we? Don't, uh, how dare we indeed. So like, uh, yeah, I want to get straight into that. Um, okay. Episode 54, is it this podcast? <laughs> you never check. You never, never check, check never this. Check. And I ask every week. <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, let's find out, shall we? Oh god, no, that's that's uh, not on my hard drive. There we go. Da, da, oh da, god, da, da. how are they bad at this? Uh, it says here I've only got episode fifty-two, so we're on fifty-three, Carl. Fifty-three, nice one. So yeah, uh, what is in like? Uh, oh god, I'm just sorry. I'm just sending pictures to the missus. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing okay, and it's a picture of me with a thumbs up, but I'm like a fucking kid, because I'm wearing my hoodie. <laughs> so like a like a child in his dad's hoodie. It's well bad. Oh. Anyway, uh, Sheffield has just uh, been going into the same tier of lockdown as you. Oh really? Yeah. We, this morning I woke up like um, tier three. Oh dear. So tier three lockdown uh, for me, and I was just sat there thinking because it's been about what six months ish. Uh, I think it's been about seven months since we first went into lockdown. Yeah, so about uh, six months since we were like you know properly um, like recording and making content mm. in the lockdown with all like the safeguards and stuff we've put in place, and I was just having a, a think and a chuckle to myself. Just do you remember like all the things that we did to try and just continue doing what we do, and also ensuring that the transition was as seamless as possible for viewers and listeners, and then just yeah. all the shit we got for all the nice things that what we thought were nice mm. things we were doing. And like, I just, I, I tweeted out a selection. Like, I'll go through them. Like, you'll know. So, do, 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 do. So, it's like, uh, yeah, like, when we very, like, one of the first things that we did was, um, like, start recording remotely. And yeah, we had, of course. Like, yeah. One or two episodes that had some uh, audible or audio hiccups because we had yeah. an, a recording solution that wasn't very good. So, we moved to just recording audio separately via two separate programs and then syncing them together after the fact as opposed to trying to record them live over Zoom or something like that. Yes. And um, one of the things we did is because the audio was actually better, the audio in video recording remote was actually better than it is uh, recorded in person because we don't have the overlap of each other's voices coming on each other's mics. Mm-hmm. So that worked out quite well. Uh, we put a small disclaimer up in the top of the screen that just says... Um, this video is recorded remotely. I am the only one in the office because we didn't want people to think because there's a voice off camera that the person is still off camera. Even though some people still see that and assume we are in the room, but yeah, it's one of those just we don't want people to think we're all getting together from different households during this pandemic. Yeah, so we thought we'd put that in. I just remember when I did that, um, a guy genuinely got frustrated and angry with me that um, he asked... Oh, can you just announce at the start of every video that it's been recorded during lockdown? And I went, no, for several reasons, um, the most pertinent of which is that uh, mentions of COVID-19 in YouTube videos at the time was getting them demonetized. So what you're basically asking me to do there is demonetize every single one of my videos. And when I asked for the reason why you wanted me to do this, the guy went, oh, because sometimes I don't watch your videos. I put them on as background noise. And I just want to know if they're recorded during lockdown. I was like, but they sound the same. Why does it matter to you? It's like, well, it just made me feel better. He's like, oh, so you want me to demonetize all the content we produce from now until God knows fucking when? <laughs> yeah. Because you you would feel weird watching them later. 
in the background. Because I think, as I said, if I watch it a year down the line, in the background, it might be weird if it's doing lots of... Why do you give a shit if it sounds the same? Yeah, that's the weird thing. Because as I mentioned, like, it sounds at this point, after the first couple of episodes, it sounds so similar that people are commenting, thinking we are in the room. And that, that we've put that there, so people think we're not. And it's like, no, we generally have, with the exception of like three episodes where Nisha was in the office and like um, we were able to meet in person. And you we like, like wore masks and social distanced. And, the yeah. entire time she was, yeah, it was all very uncomfortable and people got, that was like a whole different kettle of fish. But I just found that just amazing that this guy was really pissed off that we're not announcing at the start of every video we're recording this during lockdown mm-hmm. because we all worried it'd get all of our content demonetized. It's like, oh, so you making money and be able to pay your friends and staff um, trumps me being a bit confused a year down the line, maybe. It's like, yes. And he was mad about it. And even then, like, as you say, it sounds the same. We don't acknowledge it. Um, so if you're watching it a year down the line, it actually shouldn't matter to you if you can't see the disclaimer at the top anyway. Well, then, that was another, uh, then we had another complaint from a guy who's like, oh, well, what about for people who can't, who are visually impaired? To which my response was, then it doesn't fucking matter if the videos look different. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, but you need to put an audio disclaimer in for people who are visually impaired. It's like, why? The videos sound the same, but they're not going to know it's recorded during lockdown. It's like, it doesn't matter that it sounds the same. The content <laughs> isn't changed. That's what I don't get. And that guy, again, legitimately had an argument with him. He was really pissed off that I wasn't audibly announcing that we're in lockdown. I think he was, oh, so your profits matter more than the comfort of people who are disabled. It's like, the videos don't sound any different. Yeah. But he just wanted something to argue about. And mm-hmm. it's like, I went through the list of all the complaints we had, like the super entitled things of, well, this wouldn't be much work. It's like, well, it actually is a super big amount of work. Mm-hmm. And then the other one I was like, you know, reminiscing fondly about was this very podcast when we managed to get hold of all the um, files. Yeah, uh, which amounts to about what fifty odd hours of free content, roughly. Yeah, I think it was like um, fifty three or something like that. And we had a discussion about it. We thought we could put, like make a Patreon. We could put it behind a paywall. We could make it like a pay thing of like mm-hmm. a one time donation, and we can just send you like a Dropbox file or something like that. And I went, no, fuck it, just put it all up on Spotify for free. I don't really like the idea of hiding it behind a paywall. And we thought Spotify, because it's a free app, everyone's aware of it, Everyone, it works on every device. You can listen to it on your PC, your Xbox, your PC, your phone, what have you. Yeah. And after doing it, we got inundated um, for about two weeks straight with complaints that it's not on insert app, that's not Spotify. And to clarify as well, like I even told Carl, look, you're planning on paying me for these podcasts, you should probably be making money off them. And then even then Carl said, no, let's just put them on Spotify let everyone listen to them. Yeah, put them on for free. And um, the one complaint that stuck out that really tickled me was a guy who asked, well, why can't you just send me a direct link so I can download them and listen to whatever device I want? Mm-hmm. And at no point I, I display any self-awareness about why that is a big fucking ask. Of Why don't you make an exception for me, complete fucking stranger you've never talked to? <laughs> and when I said no, that guy got mad. Yeah, and it's one of those weird things of like, I even looked into it and it was like, oh, well, uh, Google Podcast was like, well, we don't allow you to do it in this country. like, And then the Apple one, there was like problems with the accounts and stuff. It's like, I even tried to put it on other things and people were just annoyed. Well, I can't have it all and I can't download it all myself. 
Yeah, it's like, why don't we, Lucas, just pay to have a separate Google Drive that has hundreds of gig of content we can't do anything with that people can download for free? Yep. So that's the one that got me. It's not the fact it was like, because people asking for it on a separate podcasting service, I get. But when a guy legitimately got pissed off that we weren't making a special exception just for him mm. so he could like just download them all. Yeah. And then freely use. It's like, you can do that on Spotify on the free <laughs> app. You can download them to listen to offline. No, but I want them as MP3 so I can listen to them in my car. It's like, you can do that right now. And then other people were like, oh, but Spotify has adverts if I don't pay for it. And it's like, it doesn't with, with podcasts because there's no adverts on the podcast. And we turn them off. It's just, we're just like, the guy who was like, why don't you send me the links as if that was a really easy thing for us to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, which leads me into the next one that I was like, you know, fondly reminiscing about. And this is about you, Lucas, where you got a complaint um, when we had to make the announcement of, look, we're going to have to record gaming footage um, remotely. Yes. There's no way for us to not re- record this remotely. Like, we're locked down in time for the foreseeable future. There is no way for me to travel through to Sheffield to see Carl mm-hmm. safely. Um, yeah, because the remember? only way I could do it was get on public transport for multiple hours at a time. I'd have to get a bus to the train station, get either a direct train for a couple of hours or maybe even two trains... And then all that way to record some silly gaming footage. And then come sit in, stay in my house, so like cross-contaminating, forming like bubbles across um, uh, county lines. But yeah. at the same time, Luke, do you remember the exact complaint you got? Uh, being... Well, I got the defense that I got was, yeah, but it's for business purposes. Yeah, even though we came up with a solution almost instantly, that is near seamless. Mm-hmm. Um, like There is no real difference besides... like, like We even... I went to the effort. I didn't predict this, but I went to the effort. I bought the exact same podcasting mic twice. So our audio, when we record like, um, in different locations, would sound as similar as possible. Yeah, because when we um, recorded the podcast, we started doing that remotely. So Carl said, look, here's like the, uh, the same uh, microphone that I'm using so that we sound the same quality. And then, but just the idea that someone was really mad about, but why are you risking your life to provide content for me, person you don't know? I would get it if people were annoyed that, look, we're announcing we can't make any content anymore because of That's lockdown. the thing, yeah. But the an- announcement was we are able to produce content of the exact same quality. It's just <laughs> we're not physically sat in the same room, but that shouldn't really matter because it's a complete. Like, our it's just our audio, yeah, not video. And then a guy got mad, but but why are you risking your life? Well, but it's for business purposes, and it's like, but we can do it the exact fucking same right now. And it's like uh, without risking our, uh, our our health or our safety. Exactly. And then the the last one, and this is why I brought it up because I got a response to this, and it was um. A guy who le- genuinely, this is a gen- like these are all things that I've legitimately been asked um, by people. And it was, uh, we have a raw channel, uh, it's, it's raw cuts of videos that um, vary in length from 20 to, in some cases, like nearly an hour long. Uh, just these are the videos without um, edits. Like, it's just the original unedited conversation. Yeah, and they normally, they are the same fucking videos, but would normally, what, like, Anywhere between one and ten minutes extra content, as you mentioned. There's a couple on there that shot me that are like an hour long. Yeah, because the dis- we just had a really good discussion, and we tend to like avoid doing that more, but more now because we've streamlined the process. But mm-hmm. again, that was made freely available for anyone to go watch on YouTube. And I remember a tweet from a guy, uh, honest to God, 
have you could you convert them all to mp3s and upload them elsewhere so i can download them to listen to in my car <sighs> and when i like uh put this tweet out like that guy must have seen it and he responded okay and i'm going I, and i because this response this nearly put me on my ass lucas uh, we just find it now because he's 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 currently arguing in my mentions and he's defending himself by saying, and I quote, I asked them to be converted to audio. I didn't think it was a very big deal. If you record audio separate from video, which I assume you do, you don't have to convert it or do any extra work. It's uploading it to the hosting platform. Uh, so Lucas, as someone who has to like, you know, edit um, the work for the channel, mm. um, it, like, is it a big deal to um, uh, track down, label, categorize, upload, and then just like name and tab hundreds of individual pieces of content well it's not for one it's, it's not much work it's you know 10 minutes work maybe 15 minutes work but then i don't have them as raw audio files so i'd have to get them all downloaded separately then export all of them as mp3s as mp3s and then on top of that i would have to listen to each one to know which video it's from to know which video it is and then categorize it so yeah, maybe per video you're talking at least an hour's work. But then you think though, like we've got what three, four hundred videos, exactly six hundred in total. Yeah. So and bear in mind as well, this is one guy asking this for him, not like in general. He's like, can you do this for me? And then they saw my tweet and then corrected me by saying, but I didn't think it was that much work. While citing, it's not much work to upload and host. Mm. hundreds of pieces of individual content at my own expense. Yeah, so it would cost you more money Spend to your host own... it on a free platform so you're not even making any money I off have to the pay videos. For the hosting. You have to pay for the hosting, yeah. Yeah, you have to pay for the hosting. You won't make money off them because they're just audio files. So I've even like you. the YouTube ad revenue gets taken away from you. Yeah, I have to pay you or Nisha or Brad or whoever do it to... I've tracked down the original audio footage or the audio files, which are probably buried somewhere in the archives, and individually categorize and label each of those. Well, I would presume at this point, like a lot of the archives lost, yeah. would just be the final videos. Yeah, we can't. We only archive the final video, so it would be, as you said, um, converting every original video into an MP3 file, and that's like three, four hundred pieces of content, mm -hmm. and then individually labeling, categorizing, or loading. But like, the fact that the guy saw that and then got annoyed enough to complain of like, I didn't actually ask this. I only asked this. It's like, that's still a whole fucking shit ton of work. That you... is way more work than he probably realizes. And that's something I wanted to, I thought we could talk about for a bit because now we're back in lockdown. It's looking like this is going to be the way things are for a while now. Uh, yeah, well, the current thinking is we're going to estimate about six more months of this. Yes, and... Um, just something like we've encountered, I think more prominently during lockdown because people just starve for content, mm -hmm. uh, is just people like, fundamentally misunderstanding the amount of work that goes into the production of a piece of content. Yeah, uh, and as we have like, by... talked about it before of just some people thinking, oh, well, a video takes half an hour to record, therefore it's about an hour's work. Yeah, and like we have a guy who just talked about legitimately less than 20 minutes ago arguing that it's not much even if we had all the mp3 files locked and ready to go mm. still it's still going to take at least three or four days just to upload them 
just the sheer amount we have because it is dozens if not hundreds of gig of um uh, uh, mp3 audio because like you know yeah. they don't want it as like a 128 kilobytes they want it in maximum quality oh of course yeah and we so do export do it... everything aren't like maximum quality yeah and then um, put it down they want it all in maximum quality so that'd be like almost probably hundreds of gigs worth of content being uploaded to a platform i have to pay to host and in their head it's like well that's not a lot of work so that they can listen to it in their car yeah and look i get that it's a bit of a pain in the arse if you can't listen to it in your car but at the end of the day like even if it's for work i had plenty of jobs in the past and still do well i can't just sit there and listen to podcasts like unfortunately that's just the case yeah i just think it's like that more than anything just typified it if i were just going through these like these few um uh, like complaints that we'd had like these like that in retrospect are hilariously um, uh, um ill-informed of wouldn't it be like couldn't you just do this it's like well that's it's dozens of hours of work that i've got to pay someone to do and that's the or thing like, is not only are you like getting someone to put the work in you're paying people for extra days and days worth of work and then, then hosting it for what well, i guess in perpetuity yep and then which takes away from obviously work they could have been doing for the channel mm-hmm. so it puts like more pressure on them but just the fact that someone saw that thread of me to be like, look at all this bullshit people ask me to do and thinking it's not a big deal. And their response is, but it wouldn't be a big deal. And then list something that would be a fucking huge, massive <laughs> undertaking that would take like several days of like concerted effort, time and resources yeah. that could be used to create the content. It's, based. it's like, fuck. Again, we're <laughs> only a small team of a few people. Like, as you say, doing that detracts from the work that we can be doing. A for the channel and B for our own content. And keep in mind as well that we won't earn any money for any of it because yeah. we're doing it for the sake of one guy. And it's amazing to me. And it's like it's been um, eye-opening to say the least of the last couple of uh, months. Mm-hmm. So like, lockdown has meant that we obviously we just because we have nothing else to do. We thought we might as well try and like forge ahead with content. Yeah. And just like every time we've tried to do something nice, people just give a shit for it <laughs> or I like, expect more. Because they don't see it as being that difficult to do. Like with the podcast of, oh, why don't you just let me have download it for free inside? But if I do that for you, random person, every other fucker is going to want to have that too. And if we say no, then we've got to argue with them about why not. And then that's just time that's been taken away from us. Well, that's the thing is if you give in to like one person's request, then somebody else makes a request and you say no to that. It's like, well, but you did fulfill this person's request of what to do with the content. It's like, okay. And that's the one, isn't it? Like, you did it for them. Yeah. Why won't you do it for me? It's like, well, they, I, I made an exception for them. And that's why you or have like to... Or like their request was more reasonable or anything like that, but you'd still oh, get it back just, in your face. I was just in a better mood that day. Yeah. I was just... I, you know what? I had the time to do it. And there's, like, there's so many stories about that from like the um, like, uh, the world of uh, media and stuff. Like, um, I think we just was like Emma Watson doing selfies with people and she just had to stop. Yeah. <laughs> because as reasonable and nice as people will be, at the moment she's only one person that has to stop and do it for everybody else. And there was um, a voice, a old, uh, story from an old voice actor, uh, Don, Lafont- uh, Dan- Don Lafontaine, mm-hmm. um, who was uh, the guy who did all the movie trailers, like, in a world. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's that guy. And he said, I used to do um, free like voice recordings for people oh, God. when asked. But um, once I established that I was doing that... Um, all of my morning was just spent answering. Yeah, as soon as word requests. gets round about that, every fucker wants it. 
I was politely declining requests from people all morning. It was taking up so much of my time. Like just turning down the requests oh my God. was taking up like time because, and then everyone's got a sob story. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, sure, I'll do this like for one. And then it's, so yeah, it's like, again, it was also this blanket, blanket policy. But I will only do it if you like um, pay for it, like via this service, like by making a donation to a charity of my choice or you went in an auction or something like that. Oh, similar to the like cameo thing. Yes. That a lot of celebrities uh, do. Yeah, well, a load of celebrities like have found themselves like we've not really much to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like, a lot of wrestlers did that, and that's like an amazing story in terms of, like how amazingly bad it is. Oh right, about okay. this? <laughs> no. Uh, well, um, a lot of wrestlers, as you might imagine, when COVID like lockdown went into effect. Yeah. Uh, a lot of wrestlers, like, well, what the fuck do we do? Because wrestling is a very seedy um, business where um, every wrestler, uh, the WWE for the WWE, is technically an independent contractor. Uh, so they yeah. don't have employee benefits or anything like that. They don't get sick pay. They Ooh, don't get Carl, uh, vacation can I just, time. Um, give me one moment. I've just got to grab something. Got well, to deliver I can it. hear him. I was going to say, I can hear Cade. All right. So if they're all right then, you got your delivery? Yeah, all sorted, yeah. Okay, well, uh, I think it was like wrestling. Oh, yeah. Um, they are technically classed as independent contractors. They but, are, yeah. So they don't get employee benefits or anything like that. No vacation time. Um, like certainly no um, uh, sick pay or hazard pay for COVID or anything like that. But despite being independent contractors, they also um, can't work for other wrestling companies. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that some wrestlers did when lockdown kicked in to try and earn a little bit of extra scratch and you know stay in the public eye was to like cameo. Um, yes. Which people don't know is just a service where you can pay celebrities just um, varying amounts of money for a personalized shout out. And a lot of wrestlers are making some pretty good scratch on Cameo doing it. And then Vince McMahon realized, whoa, 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 whoa. What are these people making money? That's not being given to me. It's like, they're making money, but I want that money. So yeah. uh, what he's done is he's written into a people's contract now that um, they can't like they can't make money on Cameo. Because I think it's, they've uh, tried doing the same thing with them Twitch streaming as yes, well. Yes, and that is spikes. Uh, they cut, shut down Cameo because what they argued is that um, we own the rights to your name and you're using your name on Cameo. So you're using right. our intellectual property, even though in some cases these wrestlers are using that they wrestle under their real name. Mm-hmm. So WWE is arguing that we own your real name, even though you're an independent wow. contractor. So we're not going to pay you like an employee, but we're going to own you like one. And then what happened was Twitch, some wrestlers also were making big, big waves on Twitch. It's like play some video games, like talk to some fans, get donations and that. And what WWE have now done is because they realize, oh, that's money that we want. That's our money. You're earning it, but using your name (laughs) that we own. Um, And they're writing into the thing that you can't stream on Twitch unless WWE gets their cut. Oh, God, it's so bad. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know really, really what's going on with that other than like everybody is super mad pissed. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people complaining about it on um on Twitter and stuff like that, but I don't know too much about it. And wrestlers are fucking incensed because like the I, only I'm way they found yeah, like they found a way to make money that is entirely off their own back. Yeah, it is all one hundred percent their own work. And then WWE's coming like, but where's our cut though? And it's just like so bad that they've gone. Oh, well, you're fucking us over during, like, lockdown and during a pandemic. You're giving us, as you say, just little to no rights and money and help whatsoever. And then when they figure out something else as another avenue 
Oh, nah, fuck you, give us it. Yeah, Lucas, where's my cup? Oh, God. So you just imagine they just stood there, and it's like, oh, like, those pockets looking pretty full. <laughs> when Vince I, gets a wet, he's Oh, beak. God. Imagine, like, I presume he's what, like, at least a multimillionaire, if not a fucking he's a, billionaire. He's a, bill, he's a billionaire. He owns WWE outright. Yeah. And, he's, um, a, he's a billionaire. So Mr. Billionaire going, ah, yes. Not giving my employees any rights. Oh, wait, they're making money Lucas, on the side. No, no, no. Employees. They're independent contractors. Oh, yeah, fucking hell. They're independent contractors who can't work for anybody else. That's bad enough as it. it is. Yeah, they've been trying to fight that for a while. And I'm not really sure like, what the whole story is here or how, how it's going to go down. So it's not really something we can talk about with you know, uh, much um, uh, like clarity or like, mm-hmm. deep delve into it. But I just on the surface level, like, you can just tell like, who the villain is in that story. You can, and I um I do follow Xavier Woods on Twitter. Yes, and I've seen like he has the branding of like up, up, down, down for his gaming channel and like his Twitch and stuff. And I have noticed, even though he's not said anything outright, that that he's slowly like just trying to push his branding away from the WWE side of things. Well, they all are. Yeah, you feel bad for wrestlers just, yeah. like John Cena. Yeah, uh, like John Cena wrestles under his own name. Like his mm-hmm. name is John Cena, and like there are behind-the-scenes things that he's talked about where every movie he appears in, um, WWE gets a cut of, course. of whatever he gets paid because they own his name. And there's like a story about The Rock, uh, where if you remember The Rock used to uh, appear in movies like The Rock, then it was Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and then Dwayne Johnson. So um, he, did he start out appearing as The Rock? Well, he was credited as a rock, so that's how people knew him. But the story oh, goes wow, that okay. um, when he managed to get enough star power in Hollywood, he just bought the rights to his name back <laughs> from WWE because he was so sick of every move he appeared in. He had to give them, he had to give them their cut. Yeah, because they owned his name, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'd have bought the rights back." Yeah, I wouldn't want to be giving somebody a cut of like Fast and Furious money. Exactly. Yes, yeah. so that's what he did. He just bought them out and just like, but I think I've even the Rock. Like one of the most famous men on the planet, even he had to deal with this shit. Even after like his like you know career is now completely divorced and separate from uh, his wrestling days. Yeah, because that's the thing. Obviously, he makes the occasional cameo on WWE content, but he's not. He's well, I was about to say employee of them anymore, but he's not an independent contractor that can only work for them anymore, Carl. No, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. But like, even he, um, I you know had to kiss the ring for a while. And uh, until he bought the rights to his own name, I imagine how fucking infuriating that'd be. And that's the thing I'm presuming that most wrestlers, like, it's not an awful career, but I'm assuming none of them, or for the most part, they wouldn't have, like, the money and the star power to do things like that. Almost none of them do now. It's only, like, the people right at the top. And wrestlers, it's really weird, like, despite being, like, very, very, like, prominent, Mm-hmm. Um, well publicized performers they're very very poorly compensated for what they do because they work like 300 days a year they're always on the road it. like they're like constantly putting themselves at risk it's like one of the most dangerous careers available but people they do it because they love it and it's really sad to see well it's people uh, taking a, well, companies taking advantage of people with passion yeah essentially mm-hmm. and then like just completely railroading them into like decisions that are against the best interests and it's yeah just remind you of like stories about like Mike Tyson back in his day. Of like Mike Tyson, there's this really awful story about um, like Don King, where he made him sign this horrible, horrible like sl- like agreement slanted entirely towards Don King, 
where he that paid was his himself. manager, right? His manager, yeah, where he paid himself the exorbitant fees for like the most ridiculous thing. And Mike Tyson, when he finally got out from under him, mm. and he got out from like this mountain of debt he got put in because he was told he had this much money, then Don King just took it all. Oh. Um, one of the things he found out is that he was paying King like millions of dollars to run his fan club, but he'd never once heard anything about this fan club. And no. uh, like during like a deposition or something like that, he got found out where all the fan mail was being stored. And he walked into just a warehouse full of unopened fan mail. And the story someone tells is he opened one letter and it was a letter from a fan who was dying of cancer. And he called the number on the page and then burst into tears because he found out the fan had died like three years earlier. Oh, man. So it had been going on for years. And it's like that thing of like Mike Tyson. Uh, you think like someone fucked over Mike Tyson, one of the scariest men on the planet. Someone fucked him over. It's like, is there, what chance does like you, Noah? Sir? You think what like when when somebody says to you, name a boxer, like the first two names that are going to come out are probably Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson. And even up to Muhammad Ali, Don King got Muhammad Ali. Oh no! Uh, there's a famous story about where Muhammad Ali was owed like I think a million dollars in appearance mm. fees. Or something like that that Don King swindled him out of. And what Don King did is he sent a lawyer to Muhammad Ali's office with $100,000 in cash. And okay. because he knows that if you offer someone $100,000 in cash, that's a lot of money to see, even to someone like Muhammad Ali. Yeah. And, and he dropped the suit because he's like, oh, well, Mr. King has asked if you'd like this in return for like, you know, not pursuing it anymore. And even though he was owed millions, he took the $100,000 because it looked like a lot of money then. And that's apparently how um, uh, he used to sign young boxers and get them to sign such awful contracts that only benefited him by offering them more money than they'd ever seen. Right. At that point, but it represented like, you know, a small fraction of what they could possibly make. And it's like, oh God, it's just, it's so awful and exploitative and horrendous. That's so sleazy, yeah. It is, which like brings us on to what else I've done this week, Lucas, which is watch The Boys. Oh, yeah. I've watched all of The Boys. How much oh, of The Boys have you watched? all of it? No, oh, yeah, I binged it all my girlfriend. Oh my God. Yes, how much of the boys have you watched? Uh, so last night, uh, Jenna and I finished season one. Okay, so season one. So we can talk about season one. Yes. That works. And um, th- what do you think of the boys? Um, I knew it was going to be good based on the feedback I'd heard. But yeah, mm-hmm. I was very impressed by it. Uh, I think the thing that surprised me the most, though, um, is that the boys is not a TV show about superheroes. Contrary to all the marketing, uh, it is not a TV show about superheroes at all. It is mm-hmm. a TV show about corporate cynicism. And that element of that show is fascinating to me and is one of the reasons that I got so hooked on it. Yeah, and it's like episode one, I realized that that's what this was going to be delving into. And it's so true of like, this is what would fucking happen if superheroes were real. Yeah, um, and one of the things I like about the show, which seems like a weird thing to compliment it on, is that you never actually see almost any superhero on that show ever do anything heroic. You never see, like, uh, Maeve, for example, mm-hmm. uh, is in the show. She's one of like, the big heroes in that show. You don't see her solve or stop a single crime. You see her attempt to get Homelander to solve to stop, a problem at one to point. In one episode. But you never see anybody stop any crimes. And I think that is, like, such a, a great decision. That has to have been deliberate of... Because it doesn't matter. What matters is the product that we're selling, and the product that we're selling are these heroes. And I think um, low-key, one of my favourite things is, not only do you not really see them, um, you stop any crimes or anything, you also never see Black Noir do anything. 
No, he never does out. He just sits on his ass the entire time and it's great. And it's like, it must be like working with Batman of just this man stays silently at corner. You never see him do fucking anything. Well, there's a great bit. I'm not sure if it's in season one or season two so they kind of all blended together. Yeah. There was a bit where Homelander is shit talking everyone. Like, look guys, no one's pulling their weight around here except for me. Except for you, Black Noir, you're doing great. Keep doing what you're doing. He just yeah, nods. that's near the end of season one. <laughs> it's just like, what are you even... He's not done anything. <laughs> and that's what I love. And um, like, we earned... This is like not a big spot. It was like a minor plot element in season two. That was just, we have on this podcast talked about before the idea that um, homosexuality and people being gay, trans, what have you, is going to become more um, socially acceptable. Not because opinions are changing, but because corporations are going to realise that it's financially viable to like to do so. Yeah, and we've seen a lot of companies um, jump on the back of Pride Month over the last few years, yeah. especially. Uh, they have a bit in season two that like it cuts to the fucking bone because um, they have a character on that who is gay, mm. and they have the, um, a scene where they are sat down talking to you know, that team of corporate the corporate guys. The marketing people, yeah. Yeah, and they're talking about how they're going to market their coming out. And they're sat there with their girlfriend. And they say, well, it's really great that you're a lesbian. And mm. then the character says, well, I'm not actually a lesbian, I'm bi. And, and they look and go, that's great, but you're a lesbian because that's easier to sell because oh, market research tells us. I knew you were going to say that. And it's like, oh, it's, because that happens. That's so good. And then like they're talking to the, the girlfriend and go, okay, so now let's talk about your... You're, you're restyling. And they show her a picture of, like, it's a suit. And she goes, I, those are men's clothes. Because Yeah, market research shows, again, that people are more accepting of lesbian relationships when there's a clear gender divide between them where one conforms to the masculine role and one conforms to the, the feminine role. You can't both be feminine. Oh, fucking And hell. you just see the two characters look at each other and go, are you fucking kidding me? And the marketing guys are smiling like, this is great. We're going to make so much money. And that is... um. I, that is good writing on the show's part because you know how many times shit like that happens. Yeah. And I think it's fucking incredible. And it made me really uncomfortable watching this knowing it's produced by Amazon. Yeah, that's the weird bit, isn't it? Because, okay, great. You've got a lot of um, things to say, but you are being backed by a company that's probably doing a lot of shit like this. Yeah, like one of the biggest companies on the planet. And there's a... Just the little things in the show of every time you see someone eating or drinking something, they're drinking um, superhero branded shit all the yeah. time. It's I always love how much they've um, thrown the fake branded, just all the like, A train merch that Huey has and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's all terrible. Yeah. It's all shit. It's all super low quality. And you see that none of the heroes give a shit about anything. Mm hmm. Like, they're all jaded. None of them care. They only care about their money. And uh, one of the things I really liked about the show is the character of the Deep. Okay, yeah. Uh, so he's the Aquaman equivalent. And in season two, mate, he goes fucking places. His, his arc goes places. And um, Well, I, I already started enjoying his arc when it was like, no, fuck it, I'm going to go rescue a dolphin. Yeah, and just, oh, you get that moment of the dolphin flying out a window in slow motion. <laughs> Mate, they top that in season two. I'm not even... I, oh, man. I'm, they, I'm they, really looking forward to getting into more of it. They do something way worse. It's like, I I was like, I my mouth was agape because I was like, there's no way they're going to do what I think they're going to do when they do it. And the thing is, I turned around and was watching the scene where um, 
the deep like was going a bit crazy and shaved all his hair off. Yeah, crying in the mirror. Yeah, and I turned around to Jenna and was like, I'd almost feel sorry for him if he wasn't a fucking rapist. There's the thing, yeah. That's why I love about his character where yeah. that he has so many scenes where he's downtrodden mm-hmm. and you're supposed to feel sorry for him. And I, I'm guessing like one of the questions I want to ask is like, at what point do you think he's suffered enough mm-hmm. to like, you know, be worthy of redemption? And something I noticed is, and like again, it's a minor spoiler here, he never once actually apologizes for what he does. Yeah, of course not, yeah. And they have a great scene where he's once again sat with the marketing people mm-hmm. where they are cynically talking about... Uh, I think it happened in season one where they talk when he does the apology. Yeah, and they're like, oh, you need to sell it a bit more. Yeah, you need to say the words I apologize. And it looks like they're doing the apology, but then you see the cut. And mm-hmm. they're like, he does like multiple takes of the apology and they cobble together the one that they think is the most uh, like agreeable to the public. And it's like... Oh, you don't give a shit. Yeah, and then it's the moment the cameras are off, he's like, "Oh, fuck that shit." Yeah, and he's still leering at women and stuff like that. And he, yeah, ne- and something I liked about his character is that he never once actually acknowledges what he did was wrong. He is only upset with the consequences. Exactly. Yeah, and that idea of like, "Oh yeah," um, they're slowly trying to push him back. Season two is all about him trying to rejoin mm-hmm. the seven, trying to get back in the thing. It's like, oh, the idea they're trying to rebrand a sexual predator. And like, you know, try and make him palatable to the public again. Yeah. He's like just an incredible arc to deal with. Because like you said, at no point during any of those scenes did I ever feel sorry for him. Because at the end of the day, I thought, he's still a fucking rapist. Yeah, fuck him. And they have like scenes where he encounters Starlight and she's still pissed. And he's, he's mad that she's annoyed at him. And it's like, oh, he's so good. Yeah, he never like, learned his lesson. It's like the next time they meet up, um, I think the thing he says to her, like she just glares at him and isn't talking to him. He's like, Oh, you're not still upset about that, are you? What, you mean when you rape me? Yeah, well, I am a bit. Well, I'm still a little bit annoyed about that, oddly enough, yeah. It's, uh, it's so good. It's so fucking perfect the way it's handled. Mm-hmm. And like, again, the corporate cynicism element of like, I, the character I ended up hating the most is that fucking redhead. Uh, the marketing girl. Oh, the one who gets fired, yeah. The one who gets fired, yeah. She comes back and like she just doubles down. Oh, and God. the fact that she, there is no sincerity behind anything she ever says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and all the like, the writers guy and the marketing guys where they are never, ever, uh, they don't have a single moment where they are human. Mm-hmm. They are all about company. They're all about profit. They do not give a fuck. Well, with and the you, woman, it's um like that moment early on in season one with Starlight where, oh, you're absolutely fucked. What the fuck have you done? Getting caught saving a woman. Yeah. And beating up those those guys in the street. And like she absolutely rails on Starlight until the moment that the fans love it and you see that two face turn immediately. Oh yeah, we can we can capitalise on this. We can monetize it. Yeah, quick, quick, quick. Like brand it, brand it. Where are the spins, where how can we spin this that's positive? It's like that is perfect because you know there are people out there like this. They have no loyalty or allegiance to anything. Mm-hmm. And they will say anything, do anything. As long as it, it like, you know, improves their own lot in life at the expense of who gives a fuck. Exactly. I yeah. got mine. And it's inc- it's handled so well. And I'm wondering how many like people went into this hoping for like a superhero show and got pissed off that it turns into this weird drama. Well, I found it very strange because like the way I interpreted the little amount of marketing that I saw. Uh, not that it's it's not marketed. It's marketed a fucking lot. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, but I'd seen like a couple of trailers, heard a couple of good things, and went, I'm going to sit down and watch this. I'm going to not look at anything else. Um, but I interpreted it as like, oh, well, this um, 
the guy who plays Billy Butcher, um, he must have a squad of the boys that are like superhero hunters. Mm. That was that's like one of the ways that I thought. Like, and I that's where I thought it too. was going, and it it kind of does a little bit, but that's not what the show is focused on. No, the show is about like, how would the world react to Superman being real, and the answer is they'd fucking. Tr- like, how do we make money off this? How do we and make that's... money off it? And like when he goes too far, how the fuck just stop it? Yeah, and the answer is you appeal to his ego. Mm-hmm. And there are like again some great character moments with the like, Homelander. Where all he cares about is validation. Yeah, it's all it's all he gives a shit about. Mm-hmm. Just he, all that matters is that people love him. Yeah, uh, just I do not care what you say as long as it's positive about me. Oh, and I'm wondering like how much cause like, uh, like it's more uh, prominent in season two, mm. which is like you know, obviously made in today's climate. How much yeah. of this um, blonde man? Like this this weird blonde man who all he cares about is validation and he will change his allegiance at the drop of a hat <laughs> and he will do anything he wants as long as people praise him. It's weird that, isn't it? It's like, yeah. I'm sure there's nobody like that in real life. I just found that really strange, but I'm guessing that, that could be me reading too much into it. I would assume so, but um, I, I don't know if you saw what the, I think it was the, the show creator said recently. No, no, no. I just like, like I said... I had Prime because I had ordered a big order of, of stuff off Prime. They offered me like the, uh, was it? They offered me, they offered me Prime. Yeah. For free because it was like, oh fuck it, I've got a big delivery. I might as well do it. I've got thirty days. Mm-hmm. So I might as well watch this because I've heard good things and I have this. Um, I've got the subscription for thirty days for free anyway. Yeah, yeah. So was it the set? Uh, so oh, see, I'm you're trying, trying to, try to down the quote. Get into it now. Um. Oh, so it looks like they're talking to the showrunner. Um, Eric Kripke. Okay. And um, I don't know exactly where he mentions it in this, so let me just like do the control F. Okay, no problem. Okay. Um, yeah, so what he said is apparently like, so the myth of superhero taken straight, that's where it starts to become fascist. Because they're protecting a world that doesn't and shouldn't exist, superheroes are inherently MAGA. As in, make America great again. Okay. And everyone turned around and was like, I saw this on Twitter going around a few days ago, just like, not every fucking superhero is inherently like a MAGA fascist, like horrible idea. Yeah. Um, I, I've seen the argument recently about Batman, because like he's a billionaire who uses his money um, for his own selfish crusade. Mm-hmm. But then you've got characters like Superman, who is like, he is altruism defined yeah and i saw another person give like a counter argument to the batman thing of like yeah but then you've got characters like oliver queen aka the green arrow who is a billionaire that constantly tries to fight like um corruption and like corporate corporations and stuff like that mm-hmm. it's like he spends his money and time taking down like corrupt businessmen and politicians yeah. it's, like, it's a it's a weird take and it's a not a very nuanced one. No. And I but you can see why that um like opinion would lead you to like helping create something like the boys. Where like every character in that show is an irredeemable piece of shit. Like uh, I, I mean, I'm kind of like uh, frustrated like you've not seen season two yet because there is a moment in season two mm-hmm. where it's just like, oh, everyone in this show is a piece of shit. 
nobody has any redeeming qualities whatsoever. Like they, and it's a, a minor moment that they gloss over and never speak about again. Oh, okay. and I think that that speaks to them. So maybe when you watch season two, we can talk more about that. But no, like I, I really did like the characters. And I love um, that it's a, it's a, a satirical uh, look at what a lot of these characters would be. Um, but it's really funny when you look at something like Homelander, obviously the Superman Captain America allegory. Yeah. And the Jesus imagery used with Homelander is less on the nose than what Zack Snyder did in Superman. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Uh, this satirical like teardown of this entire medium is less on the nose like than Zack Snyder's take on the character. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it really is. And, oh man, it's one of those things of like, how did Zack Snyder manage to make himself or his movies more farcical than the satirical take on the character? Yeah, like this is like uh, the boys is the concepts of these heroes that crystallized and then turned up to 11. Mm-hmm. And it's still less ridiculous than what he came up with. <laughs> trying to be serious. And I would say that in Man of Steel... Superman is responsible for more deaths than Homelander is so far in the boys. He is, yeah. Uh, he, he causes like 59-11s with his eyes. He does, yeah. Well, one thing I do like, though, is uh, with the characterization of Homelander, is that he's really lazy. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you've noticed this, like, it's, uh, just everything he does when he's trying to be a hero, he's really fucking lazy. Yeah. Like, he doesn't actually give a shit. Mm-hmm. Like, he just lasers everybody in half. Yeah. Like, there are about, like, in every scenario you see him in, there are like a hundred different ways. If you like, you, you imagine someone with his powers could solve the problem mm. that he's faced with, and every single time his solution is just fucking laser him in half. He just stands there and lasers everyone, yeah. Yeah, he never, like, uh, like the, I'm guessing we can talk spoilers for season one, because it's been out for like, what, a year and a half at this point? Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the, the very famous now um, airplane scene. Yes. Uh, is it Flight 37? Uh, Flight 37, it? yeah. Flight 37, where it's terrorists have taken over a plane. Nobody knows it's been taken over yet. Homelander, get in there and sort it out. Mm-hmm. And he comes in, and his solution is he just lasers all the terrorists in half of his eyes. Yeah. Bear in mind, he can move fast enough that the human eye can't comprehend it. <laughs> uh, he could easily and effortlessly incapacitate every single one of those terrorists uh, before anyone could even blink. But yeah. because he's just lazy... He just lays them all in half, and that results in the plane crashing. Well, he lasers not only the terrorist in half, but the flight controls. Yeah. So they can't even safely land the plane if they knew how to. Yeah, and he, he fucks it up in that way. And then when they're talking, um, like having the discussion of, can't you just fly everyone down to safety? He says, what, 100 people? Says, well, yeah. yeah, 100 people, but you fly at the speed of sound. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people, but you could do it. And you just think, no, I don't want to. And then it's like, oh, but, you know... It sounds like You effort. could carry the plane, and he's like, yeah, but I just fly through it. And it's like, I've watched Superman Returns. You can fucking do it. He could, like, the thing is, like, there are multiple solutions that are available. He just doesn't want to try them. And then even... Um, what's the other character's name? Maeve. Maeve, that's the one. Um, even Maeve is trying to convince him, like, look at these innocent people that are all begging for your help. They're going to die. Please help them. And he just stands at the back of the plane, refuses, and like, well, I can let you die as well. Yeah, it's like, you know what? That'd take effort. I want to get home. Mm-hmm. I've tried. I'm done. And that's what I love about it. And it's, he's just like, so no one will ever lazy. know. No one will ever yeah. know. 
So, so why it. would I give a shit? He's so lazy. Mm-hmm. Like, um, again, so I'm getting mixed up between the seasons because I did just watch them all in one big go. Yeah. Um, do you, in season one, do you have where he goes to Syria? Do you have the warehouse clearing scene in the that? The warehouse clearing scene, yeah, that's in season yeah. one. Where he just walks through and just lasers everyone in half. And he's like, oh, don't worry, guys, I've got this. And then he just walks in and you just see the the, the soldiers on the outside. Holy shit. Yeah, and not only is that really great characterization, it shows like why Superman would be terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's the kind of like you would be scared of that when you hear the stories of he walked into a building full of people with machine guns and all of them lost their all their legs fell off. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, um, it's incredible when like Billy Butcher's trying to talk to the CIA of like, look, I want Homelander's head. They're like. What do we do when he gets pissed off? Like, how, she's just like, how would we stop him? Like, you want this guy, but there is no physical way to ever contain him. So we kind of just have to, like, placate him and just hope that he doesn't go evil. We just have to hope that he doesn't want to murder everyone. And again, how is that handle better than in Man of Steel? <laughs> like, well, like uh, the Batman, uh, Batman versus Superman. Yeah, yeah. It's like, we have to stop him. Like, what about if he goes rogue? Oh, God. It's uh, great. But, like, yeah, just that characterization of all he does is laser people in half. Like, he could eat, like, at any point, he could, like, he could incapacitate all, he could, like, you know, grab the guns out of their hand and throw them into orbit. Yeah, he could, like, like I don't know, just fucking handcuff them all super yeah, fast. Yeah, he could go, but no, fuck it, I ain't got time. Even though I've got the most amount of time anyone because I live forever. <laughs> yeah. I'm, complete, I'm, I'm completely bulletproof and indestructible. There is no risk of doing this, but no... Fuck you. Yeah. Like the first scene he's in. Like the guy with a gun. So you could blink over there and snatch the gun out of his hand. <laughs> but no, I'm just going to melt the gun in his hand oh, and like God. cripple this man for life. Oh. And then everyone cheers for him like, yay, Homelander, you crippled that guy for life. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Oh man. Whatever happened to like giving people a fucking chance? No, fuck that. Why give him a chance? Laser him in half. Yeah, do it. And I would kind of love to see that kind of um, take on Superman. And you kind of get Injustice vibes, don't you? Yeah, of just dickhead Superman. Yeah, just ruling the world and being a giant dictator. Like, fuck you, I'm more powerful. That's one of the best things about, like, one of the coolest ideas about Superman is when he goes evil. He's Mm -hmm. a more interesting character when he's evil. And it's always his laser vision that's scary because it's like, he's fucking terrifying. Yeah. And that's the thing is like you you see it when the um, there's like the guy running away from the warehouse. It's like oh you like want to escape, and he's like a hundred yards away and he's still just like Vroom. without even trying. Yeah, gone, cut him off. It's like, oh god, you can't even escape. No, and even if he could just... escape the laser eyes, he's still a hundred thousand times faster than you. But that's the thing like he could have so easily just flown over there and got <laughs> yeah. him. But, and I love it, and I love like just the like how it displays how like jaded. And cynical everybody is. Mm-hmm. Like with A-Train, where all oh, he gives yeah. a shit about is his shoes. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like He blows through a person. Like The opening scene is him like blowing someone up by crashing into them. Oh, God. At half the speed of sound, and he doesn't care. Yeah, he's just like, oh, shit, I've got to go. Yeah, bye, done. And then um, the scene that like kicks off the series, basically, is... His apology that he never said I'm sorry. 
Yeah, he refuses to say, I'm sorry. And then they have that great scene a bit later where he bumps into him in the hallway and doesn't even recognize him. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't even know who he is because he doesn't give a shit. And it's like, oh, it's so good. Well, at like Homelander, he even says to uh, Billy at the end of season one, he's like, oh, yeah, you've done pretty well for one of those. And he like he won't even see like humans as being anywhere near him. Yeah, he, he can't comprehend. Like that they're just thing. dirt to him. And it's oh my god, it's great. I love it. Like he doesn't just even the fact... see humans as the same race as him anymore. The fact that you just see um, like no heroes do anything, and like the, what's the first scene that Starlight sits in on? Like guys, we've got a big problem. We need to discuss. People are pirating our movies. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, it's so perfect. It's like, oh, there's the big meeting we're having today. Like, uh, imagine that on like, the Justice League Watchtower. Yeah. Because that's what it'd be like. Mm-hmm. Of just, oh, what are we going to do? We try to solve. Or when they say, um, okay, so here's the list of crimes that you're going to go solve. It's like, what do you mean I'm going to go solve crimes? Well, yeah, we just have an algorithm that predicts when crimes are going to happen. Yeah. Uh, it's better than what the police have, but uh, we figured out it's... And um, we just send you to crimes, and then we film them. Mm-hmm. Great. Awesome. Can I go out and patrol my own? No, don't do that, because it's a liability nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it's like, don't actually go and solve problems that we can't predict on the street. Or it's why not? Incredible. Well, we might get sued that way. But I was... I, like, burst out laughing during that opening <laughs> scene, where it's like they're talking about people are pirating our movies. Oh man, can you imagine just turning around like I'd say in the Justice League watch? I was like, "Oh man, big problem today, guys. No one's buying Aquaman's merch." Well, no one would. <laughs> no one would, unless it was Jason Momoa. Yeah, that's one of those things that I love about like with the characterization of the Deep is he is potentially the most interesting character in that show. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, in regards to his power set, because he talks about the fact he has actual conversations with fish. Yeah. Like, I know they play it off as a joke, but he is fully capable of, like, conversing with fish. Mm-hmm. And, like, they have the moment where, oh, yeah, I asked a, a dolphin, and it kept an eye on the entire ocean for me. And I, when he finds, like, the black box of that guy's, um, uh, su- the plane that Homelander takes down. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, he finds it because he asks a dolphin to find it for him or something. <laughs> and if you think about how how broken OP is it, that he has the ability to canvas the entire ocean, like, in a day. Yeah, and, like, they find um, the boxers with translucent body parts in because he's just like, guys, do me a favour and go on a lookout. And he asks, like, every fish in the ocean to do it for him. It's just like, oh, yeah, a porpoise found this at the bottom of the bay somewhere. And they talk about how, like, oh, he's, he's a joke, he's useless. They have no utility for his abilities, and you think... How many people who are lost at sea could really fucking benefit from a guy who has like every fish in the ocean on his side? Oh, and I found it so brutal. Like the dolphin scene was brutal, but another one uh, where he's like talking to the lobster. Oh god, no! And yeah. he's like, "Don't worry, buddy, I've got this." And he's like, "Oh, can I take this lobster home with me?" He's like, "Yeah, sure." He winks at him like, "Oh man, I've saved that lobster." <laughs> And just stabs him in the head and cuts him in half. It's like, nah. But they have a line where he's talking about when he first got his powers and he first realised his powers when he walked past a pet store and all the goldfish were crying. <laughs> oh, no. Like they're all in the all the goldfish in the store are screaming in agony because they're dying and they want help. Oh god. And then people made fun of him for it. And yeah. He's like, oh god, his power set's so interesting. 
It really like, There's is. one as well. I, I, again, he, I'd feel sorry for him if he wasn't if a rapist. If he wasn't a rapist, yeah. But it's super interesting. Like another one where he talks about where he casually goes for a swim on the Marianas Trench. Yeah. And you think, like, they can't send purpose-made submersible devices down there that are designed to survive hundreds of atmospheres of pressure mm-hmm. because they would crush them like a beer can. Yeah. And he goes down there for fun. Because he's a literal fish, man. Yeah. I, that's incredible. That's like, he's so strong. The he's thing so I want to know is he mentions that, oh, I discovered my power because I could talk to goldfish. Did he not have the like giant gills on the side of his body? Maybe. Maybe they came in later. Maybe. Maybe that was like puberty. But just that's such a harsh moment. that He does get a moment in one of the season, uh, in season two, where you see how good he is and then he immediately fails. <laughs> like, all I'll say, Lucas, is people look out into the ocean and see infinite sharks. Oh my God. Because oh my that, God. Ha- and you look and go, oh, is it? Oh, it's the deep. And I that's do. what you think, like, one of the things that they always do with Aquaman is, Aquaman is, a, he's not lame, but his, car- his powers are difficult to realise. They're difficult to make look cool. So all they ever do if they want to make Aquaman look cool is just give him a shark. That's what they did in Injustice, isn't it? Just shark yeah. attacks. And I kind of wish that um, writers and stuff wouldn't rely on that trope because it's so lazy of how do we make Aquaman interesting? Give him a shark. And then you look at the poster for Aquaman and it's Jason Momoa with 500 sharks. And you're like, oh, God. I think it'd be more interesting if just out of nowhere Aquaman summoned like a thousand invisible octopuses. Or something like that. All and it's the, just like, um, oh, like the, all of the octopuses like come out of camo and just attack you out of nowhere. It's like, oh no. So in some versions, he does have like a weird leviathan from like the deepest trench in the ocean that no one's ever heard of. Yeah. Sometimes he has that. It's like a weird um, uh, like tentacle monster from like way down at the bottom of the ocean that he has at his beck and call. Well, that's the thing. He's like, you don't want to be fucking around with sharks because we know about sharks and like, they're not that big in comparison to other like species. It's like you want to go to the depths and find things that we literally do not know exist. Yeah, like um, start freaking people the fuck out with those. Mm-hmm. And then you have like a couple of moments in the comics where he's actually quite good. Uh, I'm not sure how canon they are, but one is where he's talking to a guy like, oh, you can do, you talk to fish. Because well, I don't talk to fish. I telepathically communicate with them mm-hmm. and bend them to my will. And did you know that um, all humans are descendants of fish technically and there's a part of your basal ganglia um that's still the same it is in a fish um it doesn't really do much unless you shut it off in which case it incapacitates you and the guy's like what and then aquaman just like turns his brain off <laughs> and then there's like other ones where he's talking about how um oh he's, he's got a seat in the un in some dc universes okay because he represents atlantis and he is the god of the seas Oh, uh, right, yeah. Um, of course. In the DC, I think uh, in Justice League Unlimited, the cartoon, Yeah. the way he gets introduced in that cartoon is because people are dumping rubbish into the oceans. And he's like, well, you're dumping stuff on my sovereign land. <laughs> and they talk about it and they say, well, what claim do you have over the sea? And he calls like a tidal wave that nearly like eradicates an entire city. <laughs> and then they talk about, like they have like, again, it's a, a moment of people just in a room discussing the legality of issues of like, Oh, shit, yeah, he's now saying that all shipping routes are technically encroaching on his land and he'll sink any... He basically, he's threatening to put an end to all global trade forever because we're like encroaching on his land and now we need to figure out a way to get past him. Yeah. And that's like such an... I know it sounds really boring compared to man fights with sharks, but I want to see a movie 
where it is people arguing about the legality <laughs> of whether or not we can send boats across Aquaman's land. And it's like, it's one of those things that, as you say, it's not as interesting as like an action scene where Superman's lasering like fucking buildings down. But it would be something very different, and I think that's what the boys gave us. Yeah, it gave us a different look into like you know this world, and then all the the subtle jabs they have at mm. everything else, like the VCU. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're of talking course. about all the movies, and all the movies are terrible. Mm-hmm. And they have like uh, like we talked about the merchandising, and I think um, I'm trying to say as Mesmer turned up in your yeah yeah one, that, yeah that season one. Like that casting decision put me on my ass. Yeah. When they're like, uh, when they just talk about how, oh, we've got a hero, and they show he's like he's in a TV show. It's like, who do we get to play up, play a washed up child actor who's not relevant anymore? And it scrolls on his fucking Haley Joel Osment. I'm yeah. like, fuck, that was pitch perfect. I was howling. I rewound that and made my girlfriend come into the room so she could watch that scene. Because I was sitting there going. Who's this guy? Like, who is he? And then um, I just like paused, and the Amazon comes up with like the list of the actors. It's like, oh, it's fucking Haley Joel Osment. I was like, I knew is his face. That one of the best features you have, because I don't use Prime much. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that one of the greatest features that needs to be implemented into every form of media? Most definitely. Uh, if people don't know what we're talking about, Amazon Prime. When you are watching something, um, at any point, if you like, just flick up the control stick on your Xbox or if you like on your computer, yeah, just move around the screen. It will bring up, um, I think it's called X-ray is the feature. That's right, yeah. And and it tells you the name of every actor, not in the film, in that scene. One scene. Just whatever scene you are watching. Regard, and I've checked like some like really short scenes, even if it's just like you know a, a brief two second conversation in a flashback. Just like a short you, cutaway one, yeah. They will still put that up, and it's fucking incredible because. It completely eradicates that argument of who is that actor yeah. when you recognize them. Because you just go, boop, and you know who it is. Instantly. And it tells you everything they've been in. Yeah, because you can and actually... It tells you... Without closing down the fucking thing that you're watching, you can click on their face and it'll give you like, oh, they've appeared in these movies. And it even tells you what character they're playing in that scene. Yeah, and one thing I did like is that specific to the boys when they find the character of Kimiko, because you don't know anything about her, the casting list is just called the female. Yes. To not give away any spoilers. And I even like the fact that X-Ray will tell you what song is playing in the scene. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Like the, uh, the Amazon must own it. They, they must think, have like a hold on it, yeah. I can't think of any other reason why that has not been implemented into every other streaming service, because it is fucking incredible. And it's it just one so of those good. things of like, Oh well, what do people do while they're, they're like watching something and they see an actor nope. that you might recognise? Well, they nope, pause it, they go to like IMDb or Google and find out like what the characters in, like what what actor it is, what character it is, what they've been like in previously, and it just takes all of that faff out of the process. Was oh, that the song one? Isn't it of like, oh, what is this song? I like this song. Mm-hmm. I've not heard it in ages. Boom, done. It's so it's so good. And it even comes up with, like, who is playing the cover. It doesn't even tell you, like, no, it, what yeah. the original song is. It's, oh, man. It needs to be a standard. Because like, you'd think, oh, it's The Boys. It's a series they produce. I was just, like, watching, like, um, uh, I think it's Gordon Ramsay. Mm-hmm. And they even tell you the people who are in the scene. Yeah, it's not because specific got... to just Amazon-branded products. 
Because they obviously they've got credits because they were in Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares. Yeah. Oh, not Kitchen Nightmares, uh, Hell's Kitchen. So they have a credit. So it tells you the name of who they are. Mm-hmm. So I put on like a bunch of random TV shows that I know they didn't produce that they've got the rights to. And it does it for every single one. Yeah, and I'm sure there's better implementation in something like either modern day or just made by Amazon in general. But the fact that it's in everything to at least some degree is ridiculous. You know, that feature needs to be a standard going forward for everything because it's I, it's so good. It's up there in like the type of feature that I just think, why isn't this in everything? Similar to the point of um, mini games being loading screens yeah, in video and games. And it's like, how is that a thing? That even when the uh, Namco Bandai lost the patent to it, why didn't every single game just have fucking mini games as loading screens? Well, that's the only one, like Bayonetta, isn't it? Practice combos. Yeah. The best loading screen ever. Oh, God. And like um, FIFA do it where it's just like, oh, training skill mode. training games. Which is more fun than the actual fucking game yeah. in some versions of FIFA. Oh, God. It's like, how? I mean, we're getting to this point now where, yeah, next gen's on the horizon and they're talking about practically eradicating load screens, but we have spent so many years with long loading screens that... Just how have not like how they won't been made more interesting? Uh, because fuck you, you're gonna deal with it. Yeah. Corporate cynicism, mate. Oh, There's God. no financial incentive to do it, so why would we? I mean, true, true, yeah. And that's what I think. Like the boys does really well because it's it's not a show about superheroes. It is a show about um, corporate cynicism. Yeah. Like there are bits in season two where like people's heads are exploding. And then you have like the guy who's going, okay, so how does this affect the bottom line? <laughs> like you, like people's heads have just exploded. And like, yeah, but how do we spin this? It's like people have just had their heads exploded. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't matter. And you're still, you still give a shit. How do we brand about, that, Carl? Like, how do we spin this for our thing? And they have like a great, um, like that character, the fucking corporate girl. Yeah. She just gets like a dressing down of the century where like she comes in and like someone just looks sort of dead in the eye and goes, can you please just speak to me like a fucking human mm-hmm. for once in your life? And they just storm out of the room because they don't know how. Yeah, and it's, um again, go back to season one, there's that moment where, like, there's Billy Butcher at the Christmas party, like, in a flashback. Mm-hmm. And Homelander's like, oh, to his wife, like, thank you, you did an amazing job on, like, the takeover that we did. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, well, you know, he did, um he took over a Twitter account for a day. And he's like, but he didn't do it. You did all that. It's like, yeah, of course I fucking did. He's not doing the work. It's like, it's so true of like the amount of things you see on Twitter or whatever about, oh yeah, this celebrity is going to take over for the day. It's like, you really think that it's just those celebrities sitting down and doing that? Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you get that great one of it was, uh, what's it now? I think it was an ask me anything. I'm going to try and find the picture now. Okay. Uh, because it's like, it is incredible so do 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 so uh, um ask me anything like on reddit where it's just oh yeah a celebrity's gonna go on and do like a q and a for like you know an hour or two usually to like promote a movie yeah and it's normally look i have experience or expertise in a certain field ask me anything about that mm-hmm well very <laughs> very interesting yeah, some of them can be really, really good. And I'm just going to send you the picture of... Because Morgan Freeman did one a few years ago. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, Morgan Freeman. Like, Morgan fucking Freeman. Like, a chance to ask Morgan Freeman anything you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the picture that they put up. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So describe it to people, Luca. Oh, so it's just a picture of Morgan Freeman asleep on a sofa and then a piece of paper like put on top of him just going, Hi Reddit, this is Morgan Freeman. <laughs> it's just oh. that thing, he's like he's fucking like asleep <laughs> in the announcement thing. He's like, do you really think that's him doing it? Yeah. When the picture is him, like asleep, like in the photo. And apparently it was a joke. After the facts, he got asked about it in an interview. Went, yeah, it was a joke that I did. So I thought, I'm old and I'm tired. Let's do the joke of me like, pretending to be asleep. But even then, I think he probably still was asleep. I mean, even if he wasn't, I'm sure it's basically just a good encapsulation of what a lot of those must be like. Yeah, because it's like, uh, imagine being Morgan Freeman. Like, he's what, like 70, 80 years old? Uh, well, I'll find out for you, Carl. But like, uh, you, you imagine like you're Morgan Freeman. It's like, okay, so you're promoting a movie. It's a crap movie, but you got you've got to promote it. You got to like let you see in your contracts, like for fuck's sake, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. What do you want me to do? And he's like, okay, so you need to uh, like the press junket, of course. So they sit him in like it's where you sit in a studio for like all day and just talk to various people from the press. Yes. Yeah. Because okay, and now we need you um, to go onto the internet and answer questions. Like what? What do you mean? Well, there's this website called Reddit. It's like okay, slow down. What's Reddit? Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, you have to do this to advertise your movies. Like, why can't I just go talk to, like, Jimmy Fallon? Mm. Yeah. And he is and 83 just, years old. Like, the thing is, like, you don't give a fuck. But then imagine being told you've got to do this thing for your career. It's like, oh, God, that, I don't care. Now, at that point when you're like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm Morgan Freeman, for fuck's sake. I'm 83, and my career's been fucking amazing for, what, like, 30-plus years? I just want to do a shit movie for the paycheck yeah. and like uh, not have to think about it. My other favorite one though is this one, and like this is the biggest fucking mood I've ever seen. And Luke's again, <laughs> just describe the image, describe it to people. Uh, so it's Mad Mickelson on the like you know press junkie tour on um, Rogue One, yes, Star Wars a movie. Rogue One. A movie he's in for about like twenty minutes, but because he was a big actor at the time, he's in all of the marketing. Yeah, and he looks very tired and very fed up, and it's just end of twenty sixteen mood. Mads Mikkelsen opening a bottle of vodka in the middle of a Rogue One interview. <laughs> yeah. So the story behind this is Mads Mikkelsen like because uh, what they do for these press junkies, they join you like people out there probably seeing like these interviews with celebrities, where they're sat in front of like marquee. Uh, advertising marquee for whatever film they're in and then just insert chuckle fuck from comic book website number 36 dot yeah. com interviewing them and ask uh, for five minutes mm-hmm. uh, what they do for these is they sit the celebrity down in a room with that advertising marquee and then uh, they give members of the press between five ten however many minutes that they think that their publication needs or deserves based on its size yeah. to go talk to the celebrity and almost and consistently, it's slow it is for like, especially for like Marvel movies and things like, get asked probably the same questions for like 20, 30 times. Yeah, and it's probably the same a... 10 minute interview over and over and over again. And then you imagine like someone like Mads Mikkelsen, who is like a career actor, who doesn't give a fuck about Star Wars. Yeah. And he's in the movie for 20 minutes. Yeah. He don't care. And he's, been, and he's sat there and he's been there all fucking day. 
answering question, answering the same probably 10 questions about Star Wars. Mm. And he just gets what? He just opens up a bo- entire bottle of vodka and starts yeah. drinking it. <laughs> it's like, because he don't give a fuck. And people, he's got to act like he does. And the That's thing the worst is, bit about it. I think the best part, thing about that image is that says end of 2016 mood. Like, what's the end of 2020 mood like? Well, I think it's just his character in that film just dying. He's, he gives up. <laughs> but I just love that idea, though, of, like, I am so fucking sick of talking about Star Wars. It just opens up. Like, how crushed are you as an interviewer when you start and go, okay, so what's your history with the Star Wars brand? And the actor immediately opens up a bottle of vodka. <laughs> a straight one just starts drinking it. Yeah, just the, oh, like... How long have you been a fan of Star Wars? <laughs> Fuck it, crack it open. Just opens up the bottle and starts drinking it. Because uh, that reminds oh. me a little bit of how um, Lemmy, uh, Rip in Peace, used to conduct his interviews. Mm-hmm. And Lemmy was like notoriously bad in interviews because he just didn't like giving them. Yeah. But you Lemmy did what he wanted, but he still had to do because he, he understood, like, I need to talk to people. For, yeah, yeah. I need to get press for albums and stuff like that. And he very quickly developed a system of um, weeding out interviewers that he didn't want to talk to. Mm-hmm. And the thing was that you would sit down with him uh, for your interview and there would be a bottle of Jack Daniels placed in front of him and a bottle of Jack Daniels placed in front of you. And when he finished the bottle of Jack Daniels, the interview was over. <laughs> and keep in mind that Lemmy could drink a bottle of Jack Daniels in about 20 minutes. Oh my God. And then later in his career, uh, this is a great thing about Lemmy, where he was told... Um, you're drinking too much Jack Daniels, there's too much sugar in it. Uh, you went, oh, okay. And they started drinking vodka instead. <laughs> and uh, and then the other story is, oh, you're not drinking enough water on stage. So he started putting ice cubes in his uh, Jack Daniels. Yeah. Anyway, like what he'd do is he'd sit down and if uh, he didn't like the interview, he'd just down the bottle in one. Oh. And it's that thing of if you earned his respect though and you drank almost as much, if you could keep up with him drink for drink, yeah. the interview would probably go on longer and it quickly became like an industry like insider tip of if you are interviewing Lemmy, uh, drink every time he takes a drink, you take one and he's more likely to stay and talk to you. That's got to be fucking heavy though. It is, yeah. And there is like one interview where like, it's like the, he said the holy grail of my interviewing career is when Lemmy asked for another bottle. Oh! It's, it's not very often that he asks for another bottle because he's actually enjoying the conversation enough to want to continue talking to you. Oh, man. That, fair play to any man that can have a bottle of Jack Daniels and continue answering questions. Well, that's, that's his opener, isn't it? Yeah. Like, um, there's so many stories like the things Lemmy used to drink. Like uh, his go-to drink when he was like a teenager and he couldn't afford it, was a can of special brew with vodka in it. Oh. And uh, if any Americans like uh, don't know what that is, just listen to Lucas' reaction upon hearing the <laughs> word special brew. Just, oh, with like neat vodka in it. Yeah, that's rough. Like special that, brew's fucking rough as it is. And putting vodka in it for, as the, you know, to you know, harden it up. Oh God, it doesn't need hardening up. But just, I just fucking love that though. So, what do you think about Star Wars? Cracks open bottle of vodka. It's oh, so perfect. Like, he looks so done. He, he looks the dunnest I've ever seen a person. Like he looks like he could not give less of a fuck. And you know he had like another like four or five hours of interviews to do that day, and then probably had to go like to do Jimmy Fallon or something. Yeah. Afterwards. Oh god. And like you, you do see those ones. Um, 
where people just stop giving a fuck and start taking the piss because they've been there all day. Yeah. And you just see those people, look, this is the, the like eighth time I've done this this fucking year. I'll just sit in a room all day and get asked the same questions. And you just start taking the piss and it's great. Yeah, there's a couple of ones as well where it's like, uh, I think a Chris Evans one. Mm. Um, a good one for him was, um, like I think, one of the Avengers movies. They ask him, so you recently worked on um, Snowpiercer. Oh, yeah. And I'm wondering like if I, and you helped, I think you directed or produced that movie in some way. Like, you worked behind the camera in some way. It's like, so how, does, how was working behind the camera um, informed like your acting when you're in front of it? Yeah. And he just sits and he thinks, and he's like for a solid like 10, 15 seconds, mm-hmm. and just says, um, I really don't know how to answer that, but I just wanted to thank you for asking me something other than how I work out. <laughs> it's, and it's the, because it's the first time that day he's been asked a question that actually made him think. Yeah. The only time that day he's been asked a question that wasn't just how much do you work out or something about Captain America oh my or God. asking him to spoil the movie for them. <laughs> <laughs> and like oh god and we've talked before like Harrison Ford is probably the king of this yeah yeah of like he just does not give a fuck mm. at all and then you have like the fame when he got brought back for Star Wars and he Harrison Ford fucking hates Star Wars <laughs> he hates talking about Star he's so dumb like he wanted to be killed off after like the first one that's the thing is like he must have spent what the the last two thirds of his life just getting asked about Star Wars. Yeah, and there's that amazing interview. I think it's Jimmy Fallon, mm. where uh, they say, "Well, you know about Star Wars," and he's like, "He's just being, like, you know, Harrison Ford, not really doing anything, yeah. shifting uncomfortably in his seat." And goes, "Look, come on, can you tell me something?" He goes, "If you give me a hundred dollars, I'll tell you what I know." And Jimmy Fallon genuinely pulls out a hundred dollars and gives it to him, <laughs> and he puts it in his pocket, and Harrison Ford just goes. I hear they're making another one. <laughs> and it's like, oh, he's so good. <laughs> so fucking perfect. It's like, it must be infuriating to be someone like that. Yeah. Of every single day, he must get asked about Star Wars. Oh, God. That must be rough. Like, that thing is, there's so many people that are known for just that one thing. Mm-hmm. Like, Robert Downey Jr. is never going to get to a point where he's not being asked about being Iron Man now. And he's probably never going to stop being asked, are you going to do another one? Yeah. And he gives that the flat response of, we'll see. And it's just going to be, oh, 10 years down the line, when he's on something like fucking Jimmy Fallon, it's oh, okay, well, we're talking about, like, you know, your new project. What about Avengers, though? And it's, oh, yeah, have you ever thought about God. doing another Avengers movie? It's like, for fuck's sake. Like, I'm here to talk about a different thing, Jimmy. It's like you know, it's Bill gone. Murray. It's like, you know, he's another actor who's, like, completely and utterly just fucking done. With it all. He, he does not give a shit anymore. Mm-hmm. And for decades, he was always asked, will you make another Ghostbusters movie? <laughs> and he got to that point where he just straight up just stopped talking. <laughs> like He would just like, he'd leave the room or he'd face the wall or look through the interview until they asked him another question. Because like, I'm so sick of answering this question. Yeah. It's the only question I ever get asked. I'm so bored. Please stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just one of those figures in Hollywood who's just stopped caring. He's like, fuck it, I'm rich. I don't need to care anymore. I'm done now. Like, yeah. Like, so the story that I saw floating around the other day that like, made me giggle. Like, That's a very Bill Murray thing to do. Mm. Um, where he was in a cab once and he got talking to the cab driver. And he asked the cab driver, so what's your passion? He went, oh, um, well, the saxophone. I've been playing the saxophone for years, but I drive a cab 14 hours a day. And I, I wish I could play the saxophone. And Bill Murray went, say no more, and drove the cab around New York for a day. 
while the guy in the back plays saxophone for him. <laughs> he's just... Like, when you're at Bill Murray's level, you can do shit like that and get away with it. Oh, yeah, you can, yeah. It's like, uh, apparently he's missed out on, like, a dozen of, like, some of the, the highest profile roles in uh, recent years because he doesn't have an agent because he was so sick of his agent always calling him to do work. <laughs> so instead, he has a phone um, that he checks, in. Fr- I think the quote is, infrequently, where you call and leave a message with your project <laughs> if the uh, inbox isn't full, which it frequently is. And if he likes it, he'll call you back. Oh, man. And that's the story of how he ended up in a student film because a student, some people making a student film heard about this, yeah. called up the number and said, Mr. Murray, would you like to be in? I think, and he turned up. Can we get him on fat feet, Carl? We might be able to if we can get if we get through that number. He just turned up, so he just turned up one day for filming. And like, okay, what do you want me to do? And was like super professional about mm-hmm. it. Because I think they offered him like as a joke, like a hamburger and a dollar or something like that, and he asked for his hamburger. <laughs> and then you got like Danny Trejo, who's similar, where he always endeavours to do at least one student film a year. Oh, okay. So he never forgets his roots of doing low budget um, uh, films of like uh, Robert Rodriguez and stuff. Because, like, if you go through Danny Trejo's, like, back catalogue of films, it's a journey. Oh, it's amazing, yeah. He's been doing it for years. Like, he was, like, he used to be get hired just to be a prisoner in the background of a scene because he has, like, the very famous um, tattoo of the lady in a sombrero on his chest. Yeah. Uh, he has that tattoo, and they'd always just tell his agent, get me the guy with the big, pat- the Mexican guy with the big tattoo. <laughs> and there's a great story from him where he says, sometimes, when I'm in hotels, I'll watch movies, and then I'm in them and I forgot that I was. <laughs> like, that's how many he's been in. Oh. Like, I'll watch a movie and I'm in it. I'm like, I don't remember being in this movie. Oh, God. Like, he's just somewhere in the background being a prisoner. Like, oh, look, there's me. Oh, yeah. So he has this thing where he tells his agent, I'll do one or two, or however many like, I can fit in a year, mm-hmm. student films. Because, yeah, I remember what it was like being a struggling actor and I can help these kids out. Like, it takes me one day. Yeah. It's an afternoon of my time and they get a big name actor to be put in their film. Mm-hmm. And I get to like, you know, have this interesting project to work on and a story to tell. Oh man. I love shit like that. He's great. He's, he's such a cool guy. So at the end of the day, yeah, it's one day's work for him. All he has to do is like turn up on this, you know, student film set, do his part and then leave. And that's that's all it is. And then that student film gets a massive bump because Holy shit, like this this film's got Danny Trejo in. Yeah, we got Danny Trejo in this film. And uh, like one of my favourite stories about Danny Trejo is it's told by Salma Hayek, uh, like the actress. Mm-hmm. And she says uh, when she met Danny Trejo once, um, he ran over to her and went, I love you. <laughs> and she's like, excuse me? And, she, and he said, you are her. And she went, I am who? And he pulled his shirt off. And you have the famous tattoo on his chest? Yeah. It looks exactly like Salma Hayek. Oh my god! Because he just because when apparently when he got the tattoo, he said, "Give me the most beautiful woman in the world." <laughs> so he must have based it on Salma Hayek, and he's like, "He's like, I love you. You are me. I, here you are." And she was like, "Oh, that's great. I love it. Thank you." <laughs> oh man, do you reckon oh. like she just thought, "Holy shit, this guy got a tattoo of me"? Maybe that must happen to celebrities all the time. Oh, all the time, yeah. Like getting confronted with like uh, pictures of her like what Danny DeVito. Mm-hmm. He must get it all the time now because like, so many people get Frank tattoos. Yeah. Uh, apparently he's one of those acts where he fucking loves it. Mm-hmm. Where his career has basically been revitalized by Always Sunny. Yeah, man. And didn't you tell me the story? Like, didn't he? He wasn't in the first season, was he? He wasn't, no. 
And didn't he just like like the show and just asked to be on it? Uh, I I can't remember exactly, but I think what I heard was that he wasn't um, going to be like a mainstay character. He was just going to be like a cameo role, but he enjoyed being on set so much. He was like, fuck it. I'm going to keep doing this. And then they keep making more because they keep giving them more money. Yeah, and it's like um, the showrunner just got asked, like, not the showrunner, the guy who makes the, the show, Rob McElhenney. He just got asked, like, are you going to keep making these? And he's like, well, as long as we keep having fun, then fuck it. Yeah, I get to just do what I want with my friends and it's really good. It's a hangout with Danny DeVito every day. Yeah. Because, like, some of the shit they ask him to do <laughs> and then he just does it. Like, there's so many, like, scenes in that. You can't believe, like, that they got that, like, esteemed actor Danny DeVito to do it. He's like, oh, I fucking love it. And it's got, I love like, being in this show. The first season he was in... They asked him to get naked and crawl out of a leather fucking sweaty couch. Is that the first that's season? That's the that first was? season. So that's like one of the most famous like shots from yeah. the show. I thought that must have been later no. in. Uh, it was a while ago I was watching, because I don't watch much of it. It's one of those shows that I always watch when I'm with other people. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a couple of... But I remember like, uh, I was at a friend's house a while ago, and he put on Always Sunny in the background. And it was just... I was watching... Like, the intro comes on, and it's the episode where um, Danny, where they have the pageant. Yeah. And I'd not seen the episode before, and Danny DeVito was like, oh, man, I arranged to do a pageant, but the whole, like the guy went to prison. And I'm like, I looked at my friend and went, no. No. And he just looked at me and went, yes. And then they're like, oh, the, the pageant the pageantees have arrived, and it's like a bunch of little girls. I'm like, no. No, they can't do this. Oh, God. And like, they have him go on stage in, like, the fucking, like, the paedophile makeup. Yeah. And sing the song about not being a diddler. Yeah. And like, how did they get Danny DeVito to do He's this? He's standing there going, I don't diddle kids. It's like, oh my God. It's like, how did you get him to do this? Oh. And I just think, oh, there's so many films. Like, the one that I found about out about recently that like, cracked me the fuck up is the film This Is The End. Mm. Uh, when they were filming This Is The End, it's the one that has like all the celebrity cameos in it. Um, they heard that on the next soundstage they were filming magic mike one or two i forget which one and they thought oh let's ask as a joke channing tatum to be in this film oh, okay and they asked him as a joke would you like to be a gimp that danny mcbride is walking around on a dog leaf <laughs> and the next day he turned up for filming in full gimp outfit <laughs> and it's like and apparently he fucking loved it he was going all in oh god because they thought, we're going to ask, like, this super handsome, sexy guy. Because he was, like, really famous to be sexy at the time. Mm-hmm. Let's ask him to do this really stupid role. And he just fucking turned up. Oh, man, that's fucking incredible. Like, it does sound like the stories I've heard about Channing Tatum is that he's just uh, a really fucking nice guy that's just up for shit like that. Yeah, he's just a fucking lad. Yeah. And then uh, another one that I really like is for Thor Ragnarok, mm. where Anthony Hopkins, they told him. Like, he'd only signed on to do, I think, two or three. Oh, he almost sounded like one of the, but um, he said he would appear for Ragnarok, even though he wasn't supposed to, or he wasn't like he had no obligation to do so, yeah. uh, because he just felt it was fitting uh, as the character's last movie. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, it makes thematic sense. I don't mind doing it. They only want me for a couple of days. And he spoke to the director, and I think Taika Waititi told him for this scene, um, you are playing Thor, uh, you are playing Odin, who is being played um, by Loki, yeah. Tom Hiddleston. And Anthony Hopkins went, right, I've got it. And Taika Waititi's like, what do you mean you've got it? He went, nope, say no more. The next day, according to Taika Waititi, uh, Anthony Hopkins turned up wearing blue eyeshadow. 
And he went, well, this is what Tom, this is what Loki would do. And he went, fine, fuck it. So like film it for him. <laughs> Just put him in. Oh, that's amazing. Because Anthony Hopkins is, again, one of those actors where he's so well-loved now. He's, like, his um, legacy is basically untouchable. Yeah. He could do whatever the fuck he wants. He can. He could turn up in Transformers for a film. <laughs> Who gives a shit? So it does get to that point where it actually doesn't matter if you turn up in shit films because that legacy is always going to be there. Yeah, like no one's going to take away from him the fact that he is Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. No one's going to take that performance away from him. Like he got an Oscar as like best supporting character and he's, or like I think best actor mm. and he was in that movie for 16 minutes. <laughs> like he got an Oscar for like 16 minutes of screen time. I didn't realise that it was that little amount of screen time. He's like, he's barely in yeah. it. Yeah. It's one of those things that's like um, Jurassic Park where dinosaurs are only in that film for like 15 minutes. Fucking hell. But because the mo- the scenes that they're in are so iconic and so memorable, you think they're in it more. Mm. And uh, um, Hannibal Lecter is one of those characters where he's barely in the first movie, but because his performance was so good, you ima- like it's the only thing you remember from it. Oh, man. Like, there are, there are times like that where you're just like, Holy shit! I, I I thought this entire movie was this thing. I guess similar to the amount of time um, jokes in the Dark Knight. Yeah, like Heath Ledger's barely in that film. Yeah, but that's all like you got... remember from the movie. There's like an hour of the film where he's not even in. Yeah, it. and then it's like, oh man, like let let me have a look. I'll actually check how long. Heath like, Ledger check his screen time. Screen time, Dark Knight. It's not much. Heath Ledger had just 33 minutes of screen time. Uh, in like, what, a two hour long movie? I think it's about two, two and a half hours, yeah. And he's like the best part of the movie. Because <laughs> that's the thing, because he was like, let's double check like the, the Anthony Hopkins one then, because it's um, uh, Hannah... Hannibal screen time. Mm-hmm. 60, yeah, it's 16 minutes. Oh my God. It's uh, I did get it right there. Look at that. Look at my memory's way better than I thought. So we got... <laughs> Uh, it's 16 minutes of screen time in Silence of the Lambs, mm-hmm. but he won Best Actor. Oh, my God. Uh, Heath Ledger was in that film for 30 minutes, and he got Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> and I think that's the thing that's weird about that. Like, Heath Ledger should have got Best Actor, not Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, yeah. Because he is the best actor in that movie. He's not supporting anything. He's carrying the entire film on his shoulders. If anything, yeah. Because like, that just film because he's elevated not by in his it the most doesn't mean he's not the main character. Yeah, like that film is elevated entirely by his performance. It's like Adam Driver, mm. all the the jokes that came out after Star Wars, <laughs> yeah. uh, the Star Wars sequels of, oh, it's really nice that Adam Driver gets to rest his back after carrying the franchise for three movies straight. Oh, man. And speaking of Star Wars, I was just looking up a couple of like film characters who don't have much screen time. Apparently in the original okay, yeah, Star sure. Wars, Darth Vader had 12 minutes of screen time. And he's the most memorable part of the entire movie. Yeah. Like, that iconic fucking hell. Yeah, I can imagine that. Fucking steal on the like, show, man. That's the best thing. That's why you always want it. It's like um, Jack Sparrow mm. in the first uh, Pants of the Caribbean. He doesn't have much screen time in that movie as a whole. Yeah. And they didn't realise that, yeah, because that's the kind of character you want sparingly throughout a movie. And then when you make them the entire focus of the movie, they, people get tired of them very quickly, as evidenced by how badly every movie like the Pirates movies did. I was going to um, say, maybe they should have like held on to that lesson for the sequels. Right, and they didn't because they thought, well, more of a good thing is always a good thing. It's like, no, that's the reason people like cake. 
cake is moreish, but people don't want to eat that second slice of cake. Mm, yeah. The feeling of wanting the second slice of cake is better than the actual feeling of eating the second slice of cake. A lot better because then you just sat there like, oh no, why did I have the second slice? Like, how many times have you had a takeaway and gone, like, had a bit left over that you're going to have the next day and then just eat it anyway and then feel like shit? Yeah. And then wake up the next day and go, oh, I wish I had some takeaway left. Yeah, it's like when you don't eat all of the pizza, it feels so much better when you wake up and it's like, oh yeah, I've got a couple of leftover bits of pizza there. Then if you eat the entire pizza, then you just feel like shit <laughs> for like a day. Oh man, is there any other like, actors anyone like surprisingly little amount of screen time? So the Hannibal Lecter one's the one that I'm aware of the most. It's um, like the famous one. I'll need to look it back up, but there was Beetlejuice in Beetlejuice. I've never seen Beetlejuice. Um, well, for anyone that has seen Beetlejuice, um, I will look it up now. He was only in that movie for 17 minutes. So Michael Keaton in Beetlejuice, aka playing Beetlejuice, was only in that movie for seventeen minutes. Like the titular character, isn't it? Yeah. Like he's the thing I know is like he's every single, um, uh, every screenshot of Beetlejuice is always him in that role. Oh yeah, yeah. But just he is that entire movie, and he was in seventeen, eighteen minutes of it. Because that's one of the things, well, isn't it? It's um. uh, one of the longest running jokes, or one of the the best jokes mm-hmm. from a, um, a TV show, is in Community. Because I've no, again, I've not seen much of it, but I know that they say Beetlejuice. Um, I think it's like a three season long joke I think where it's they say Beetlejuice three in or episode. four, yeah. And they say Beetlejuice, and the third time they say it, an actor in full Beetlejuice costume walks by in the background. Yeah, because the third time they say it across the entire like TV show. The third time they say the name Beetlejuice is a Halloween episode where someone in Beetlejuice full outfit walks past in the background. It's like, oh my god! It's like that is a fucking dedicated joke, right there. It's <laughs> a long play, right there. It's the longest play. So there was a guy who did it on Twitter, mm. um, like from Rocky Horror. So like the anticipation. A guy tweeted it out, the anticipate, and then tweeted out patient. Um, like 10 years later <laughs> like, he made a Twitter account to make one joke and he waited 10 years oh joke. god that's fucking amazing it's like fucking commitment it's like that um, Twitter account that was um, an early one at least was a Big Ben Twitter account which tweeted out Bing Bong <laughs> um, every hour on the hour oh, and everyone assumed it was a bot that did yeah. it it was like Bing Bong and then until one day it just tweeted out something wrong <laughs> I forget what it was. And then there was another one. It was like um, Michael Jackson um, status updates. Oh, yeah. And every day and every day he just tweets out he's still dead. Oh, God, no. But, and again, people thought it was a bot until one day he just tweeted out he's alive. No, wait, sorry, my bad. Oh, man. And then went back to his regularly scheduled content. It's like, oh, Weirdly enough, here? Carl, like, I don't know if you've seen that Michael Jackson is trending on Twitter right now. Oh, God, what's he doing? Oh, no, um, one of his like court cases got thrown out and he was found innocent. I'm sure that'll be a great comfort to him. Yeah. And it's like, I get it. They like the proceedings still need to go through because people are constantly trying to fucking claw his money out of his dead hands, but just, he, like man, he's passed away. Well, Leave it be. Well, I think his family are doing that, isn't it? You know. Oh god. Because one of the things I get is like I get like really upset on behalf of like other people for that. Mm. Like, when uh, musical artists die and then just they immediately um, their entire back catalogue is just now in fucking adverts and yeah. shit. Yeah. 
He's like, oh god damn it, you, you feel so bad. He's for like, me. they had complete musical integrity till like the very end and the moment they pass away. He's like, nah, fucking get that dollar. Like, god yeah. damn it. And it's the people, the people who don't make uh, had no input on the songs now own the rights to them and just fucking sell yeah, out, sell out hard as hell. It's just, oh man. Like it's uh, the best one for that has, has to be Sherlock Holmes. Because you think by this point, Sherlock Holmes must be in the public domain. And it is a little bit, but the Sherlock Holmes estate, it was no, which has nothing to do with Arthur Conan Doyle anymore. Yeah. Like, nobody involved with the creation of Sherlock Holmes is alive anymore, but his estate will still angrily sue people for what they see as um, infringements of their copyright. Oh, Get it? No. Like, their copyright on this thing they didn't make. And um, the most famous thing that they do is um, they claim, and how, like... Um, uh, like I'm trying to think of the correct term here, but accurate, I guess, mm. or how uh, tenable this claim is, um, isn't really known, but no one's really bothered to challenge one yet, is that um, while the character of Sherlock Holmes exists in the public domain, um, like you can make any adaptation of the stories from Sherlock Holmes, uh, except for a couple. Right. I think it's like one or two that maybe still are. Um, the idea of the character having being emotional um, is a unique trait still owned by them, which is why in every adaptation of Sherlock Holmes, Sherlock Holmes is a prick. Oh. And there was a story from I think like a year ago, where I'm gonna I'll double check and get the facts. We can end on. Oh, that. Okay, yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh yeah. Carl's just doing his research. There we go. Yeah. We so go. we have it here. Do 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 do. So. That uh, we have it here. This is a, um, a headline: Arthur Conan Doyle's estate sues Netflix, claiming that Sherlock Holmes' emotions are copyrighted. Oh, fucking hell! And the Doyle estate alleges that Netflix's upcoming uh, movie Enola, or Enola Holmes, doesn't have the rights to portray the detective as a cold man who develops war, warmth, and kindness. Great. Great. Uh, so, yeah, they believe that they own the rights um, to the character having emotional depth. Man, that sucks so much. They're just like, oh, yeah, um, we own the copyright to making him a character. He's like, great. Yeah, they say here. So here's their argument. Conan Doyle made the surprising artistic decision to have his most famous character, none other worlds, a brain without a heart, develop into a character with a heart. Holmes became warmer. He became capable of friendship. He could express emotion. He began to respect women. Uh, these new characteristics have been licensed and are a substantial part of the character known to moviegoers. Oh. So even though the story is in the public domain, yeah. we own that. Like the fact that he had developed emotions was from like a probably the latest story that we still have the rights to, God. and we will angrily and pissily argue about it in court. So we get our cut of money we did not. Earn. Yeah. And that's the thing, as you say, like, the person who fucking created Sherlock Holmes isn't alive to even take that money. It's people clawing at what he made to just greedily earn their own money. And, like, desperately, desperately trying to cling to um, something that they um, have no real right or um, claim to. Yeah, they just inherited it. Yeah, like Disney. Mm. I think about, like, how desperate Disney is to hold on to the trademark for Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Like, Mickey Mouse should be in the public domain like 40 years ago. Like, there's loads of characters that should be a Superman that should be in the public domain by now. Um, as should Godzilla. Superman's not 100 King years Kong. old, is he? He's uh, 75 years. 
I think the thing is it changes. It's based on when Superman was written. It was like it was the life of the um, author plus fifty years. Oh, and then right. Okay. Disney petitioned um, uh, the Supreme Court or whatever to have that extended and then extended and then extended every and usually um, it's every single time Mickey Mouse's cop um, uh, is about to enter the public domain. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So stuff like Superman, Godzilla, uh, Mickey Mouse should all be in the public domain. But corporate cynicism doesn't let that happen. Of course, that's a, a, a rounded way of bringing it all back to the start. <laughs> well, yeah, Lucas, uh, I think we can call it there for today. Do you have anything uh, you'd like to plug? Um, yeah, corporate sure. cynicism and all that. So um, I'll just plug my usual stuff, which is my gaming content. And I am Legend of Kanto on YouTube and on Twitch. And we have recently, on my YouTube channel, started playing... Super Mario Sunshine uh, from the 3D All Stars yeah. Collection on Switch. Hell yeah, sounds great. So that the first episode really good, went really out last so Saturday, and the next one will have gone live today. There we go. Like it's been fun so far. So I'm looking forward to seeing how people respond to it. It's been a roller coaster. So so far, yeah. yeah. <laughs> go check that out. An emotional one, to say the least. What about you, Carl? Are you going to plug anything for us? Oh no, just you know, my, my my shit. If you if you're listening to this, you know where it is. You do. Just go, just go find it. <laughs> Have a great day.